Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We have a great show in store for you today, so we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along if you can. My name is Amber Jordan, and I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, a.k.a. Mo. Mo, how's it going today? Hey, what's going on, Amber? Doing well. Uh, Got my cup of coffee and my Rising Tide uh, mug, so I'm ready to go. Let's do it. All right. Yeah, well, I have my (laughs) Rising Tide, uh, what is it, a tumbler? (laughs) You got it. Yes. Yes. We are all swagged out. (laughs) That's right. Okay. Well, hey, we're going to be talking today about promoting good values. And when we were talking about this episode, it just, it reminded me of the movie Back to the Future, which I know you love. And who doesn't love that movie, right? Like, and I'm talking the original, you know, the first one. And, you know, when we talk about promoting good values, I can't help but think of Marty McFly's mom, you know, in the in the beginning of the movie, she's given him a hard time about hanging out with his girlfriend. And I, and I think she calls the house and is like, what kind of girl would call a boy? And, That's right. you, know, you know, she's always talking to him about, you know, and, and, you know, when I was a teenager, I would never behave like that. And I, you know, I'd never be, you know, go parking and, you know, those kinds of things. Well, as you know, when he goes back in time and meets his parents as teenagers and his mom develops a little crush on him, he figures out <laughs> that she wasn't exactly telling the truth about her teenage values. That's right. But, but, <laughs> um, but you know, then you kind of realize, oh, well, maybe she developed those other values as an adult one because she's a parent or she figured, oh, that wasn't really working out. <laughs> or maybe she just were, was pretending that she had values that she didn't really have. So we're going to be talking about that today, about wh- what our values are and how we promote them. So Mo, you're going to give us three things that will help us understand how promoting values really impacts our team. So why don't you start off and tell us what the first one is? Yeah, you got it. And the Back to the Future trilogy is like one of my favorite trilogies of all time. It's pretty much the same movie three times in a row and it gets better like every time. So (laughs) always good to talk about back to the future. So uh, in a recent podcast, we had talked about the fact that culture eats strategy for breakfast, right? And so if that's the case, how do we set ourselves up to build good people, good teams, and that culture that we're talking about wanting to have? And it all starts with our personal values. And the reason that, um, you know, we, we offer these personal values to the team is because the team is pretty much going to be a collection of all of our values, your values, my values, et cetera. And so the first thing that I was thinking about in terms of promoting good values today would be this. You got to ask yourself the question, what are my values? I always, I think that's a great question no matter where you are in life is to understand what are my values? So that's the first point. And it's the fact that we need to figure out what our values are so that if you know what you believe in life, You're going to know what's guiding your life. These are ultimately what are going to help you on a day-to-day basis dictate kind of the way you approach family, work, extracurricular activities, whatever. And so even further than that, people of influence have to have another level of values, a subset that guides the way that they make decisions, take action, and lead others. 
And so these leadership values are a big part of what gives you a, a, a higher leadership lid, which is your ability to lead. So you're saying that you would have your own individual values or some people call them core values. And then right. you have an, an extra set, like a subset of leadership <laughs> values. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. And so Maxwell talks about this in the beginning of his book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, meaning the leadership lid. And a person can only lead as far as he or she has the ability to do so. And so my first question today within that question is this, have you decided what your values are in life? You already have them. The question is, do you know what they are? If you want to be an effective leader, you have to be able to be transparent in the way that you believe what you believe in. You've got to have answers for that. And your people can't be guessing every day what's important to you. So if that's the case, are you setting yourself up to lead well? Meaning it takes time to develop good leadership values and whether or not you want to do, you want to do this, you're, you're going to have to lean heavier on those values opposed to other ones, right? So here are a couple of questions that are going to help you uncover some of those values that you might have. Um, so probably the, the most important question is this, what are the values that shape and guide your personal life? Let's visit, you know, one, one very important value, for instance, just to put some meat on the bones. One of those values that I know for a lot of the greatest leaders that, that I have read and listened to and seen over the years is the value of empathy. And people don't always think about empathy when they think about great leadership, right? But empathy is the ability to see the point of view of other people on your team. And it helps you understand people. It helps you to know what they're feeling. It helps you to, to sit on their side of the table. And I would say that this is one of the very important values of those at any top level management position at a company. In fact, many of the senior business executives that I coach put a high premium on this value. We talk about it a lot. And it's the mark of a good leader, but especially a good business leader. So it's not just something that they have. I mean, I think you we have values that maybe, you know, like you said, we haven't identified them yet, but we still kind of live them out. But empathy is really something that whether you have it or not, you have to identify it and decide that's going to become one of my leadership values. Is that what you're saying? You really do need to make this one part of what you do because I don't know any great leaders. I know a lot of good leaders who aren't empathetic, right? But I don't know any great leaders who aren't empathetic, meaning they they really want to understand their people. It's not it's not a shtick. It's not something that they're saying, well, I have to do this. I have to, to have people think that I care about them. These are people who are really empathetic, like to their core. And they may not have started out that way. And I think that's your question which is, what if this isn't natural to me? Well, if it's not natural to you, you're in good company because it's not natural to a lot of us. But the best leaders in the world, they're going to be empathetic. Now, can you be a, 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 a good leader without that? Without the empathy? Yeah, you can. Can you be a great leader? Some people will say yes. I'm just saying, it. it I'll say this, it makes it tougher <laughs> if you're not empathetic because it's more than, empathy is more than just, you know, being liked by your people for them to say, well, you know, Amber's a nice person. It's more than, than just people liking you. It's about having the ability to build stronger teams. And that's what empathetic people do. They understand each person on an individual level with individual motivations, knowing what is important to them, what they know their, those people's values, right? And then they also know how each of those people can contribute to the team. These people, these leaders have the knack 
for figuring out people's strengths and weaknesses, but really what they do is they match people with their strengths and their skill sets to a specific place in the company so that they can be the most productive. Because when you do that, it really fires people up and they think, well, I'm really good at what I'm doing. Well, yeah, if you have them in the wrong place, but they're a strong, if, if they're a strong individual, but you have them in the wrong place, it doesn't matter because they're always going to be fighting that current. But great leaders will be empathetic enough to know, man, I really know what this person's good at. I'm going to put him or her in this spot right here so that they can flourish and do and do well. And if this sounds familiar, it's because you're probably on, on a great, on, on a great team. And I, it, like we always say, right, that you got to get people on the bus and you got to put them in the right seats. And that's what these great leaders do. They're empathetic enough to get those people one, but also put them in the right seats. And it helps people to be in the right place so that they can be productive in their own relationships. I want people on my team and to, to, to not just be good at what they do, I want them also to be good at relationships. That's always the number one thing, no matter what you do. It's all about relationships. We are people who build into others so that they can build into others. And ultimately, when you're an empathetic leader, you'll be able to recognize those core values, as you call them, Amber, right? Of those people on your team. Do you know the core values of the people on your team? Because when you understand their values, you can figure out if those values align with the values of your team, which of course makes the team better. And, you know, uh, th th that's really right. Empathy is one, one value of many, right? But there are so many others in leadership that people just overlook. But if you want to understand values and the values of the people on your team, you've really got to put a lot of time into that so you can understand others. Yeah. So how do you put time into that? I know you and I have talked about this a lot in our coaching journey and sat down and right. really tried to figure out what are my values? And you asked me, what are your values? And I was like, well, which ones can I choose from? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so if, if the first thing we need to do is really ask ourselves, what are my values? How does somebody, what's one practical thing somebody can do to really start that kind of introspective process? Yeah, and we're going to talk about this in depth next week, but here's the homework for, for this point, and, and, and I'll leave it with, with this. Just take out a sheet of paper, take out your iPad, whatever, and write down the things that are important to you. And if you can write down all the things that are important to you, then we start there like we did with you, Amber, right? I said, just write everything down that's important to you. And then we whittled it down and we whittled it down and we whittled it down because me, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm all about threes, right? And I said, <laughs> we want to figure out the three most important things in your life. If I had to say, these are the three values that I really hold to, these are what they are. But to start that process, just take out a sheet of paper, write down the important things to you. You have to, you have to be able to identify those things so that you can start leading from, from those because you already are, like I said before, you just don't know it. But just like we did, Amber, when we when we uh, went down all of your values, we got them down to three major values. And once you know those, it really sets you up to say, wow, these are the things that I'm good at. Now, if I can do this with, with the people on my team, we can really start putting this in and creating more of, of a productive culture at our company. 
Yeah, and it takes some continued adjustments, which like you said, we're going to focus more on next week in part two. But for this right. week, the first, our first um, thing that we need to be thinking about and asking ourselves to promote good values is one, what are my values? And what is the second thing we need to be thinking about? The second question is this, how do my values shape decisions? And once you know your values, when you write, you're going to write them down, you're going to figure them out. And it, it, it's not, it's not a week long process, right? Amber. I mean, this was months and months and months of yeah. working on this, but once you figure out your values and you understand what's important to you, you can then figure out why you make the kind of decisions that you make. And leaders are all about making decisions. That's what we do. We make hard decisions and it's about giving people the right tools and putting them in the position to win. You can only do this if you know how to lead. And we always lead from our values. Your values shape two kinds of decisions and here they are. The first is this, your values shape your decisions. Sure, you, you can make a decision that goes against what you believe, which sometimes you have to, I mean, and which is tough it, and it should be tough. But how is this really going to work in the long run? It's not. You're ultimately going to have to make decisions based on your values. Well, and then like we said, you you may not have been able to identify your values yet, but you are making decisions out of them. So for instance, if if my kitchen is always full of dirty dishes, then somebody <laughs> could look at my life and say, wow, she doesn't really value cleanliness or something like that. So like, are there dirty do, dishes right now, Amber? That we, currently let's get is. to the heart of the problem here. But I promised my daughter I'd clean them up before she got home from school. Oh man. Wait, and I know your daughter, she's not going to, she's not going to take kindly. If you don't do what you say you're going to do, you need to be a person yeah. of your word. Exactly. So maybe that, maybe that's saying a lack of value and cleanliness. Maybe it's lack of time management. There, there could be several things, but to the point we live them out with having identified them. So so right. then why, can you just help us understand why then if we're gonna naturally live out our values, why is it so important to identify them and how does that impact the, the shaping of your decisions even more so? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll, I'll tell you, there's a quote that goes, that kind of answers this question, which is what you do speaks so loudly, I cannot, uh, I cannot hear what you're saying, meaning, you can say all the things that you want. You can say you're going to gonna clean up those dirty dishes, but if those dishes remain in the sink, it doesn't matter what you tell me. If you tell me, no, I do, I do value this. Well, the dishes are still in the sink. So what do you really believe? What you really believe is what's, what's right there. So what, so to, to use that as a metaphor, what are the dirty dishes in, in the sink of your life? <laughs> what are the things that you're saying? Wow, I really need to get better at this, but are you? You know, so for me, growing up underneath the leadership uh, coaching of Kevin, my mentor, I watched him in, in in ways that he led from his values. And of course, his values kind of shaped who I was because I spent so much time with him. So the people that you hang out with, they're really going to shape your values, right? And so one of the values that that he would always talk about is the value of humility. And the great author and philosopher C.S. Lewis once said that, Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. <laughs> and for me, that was tough. I was a teenage boy. I, the world revolved around me. I was a bra I was a young, brash leader, and, and I, I thought I had it all together, and I definitely lacked humility. But you know who didn't lack humility was Kevin, and he knew this, and he, wanted, he saw things in me, and he said, well, if I want to change Mo and, and help him become better, 
for the sake of the team and not, not for the sake of him, but for the sake of the team and for my personal journey, he just lived it and he led from humility. So when, you know, again, we're talking about things that maybe come natural to us. Did you ever have to watch him decide to employ the value of humility or did that always just come natural to him? Oh, I, I, Absolutely. Well, I think it came natural. And now I don't know. Now, remember, I knew him years later, but as uh, our program grew and grew and we had more people come, coming, coming in and out of, of, uh, of our youth group over at the church that I was at, I mean, he would have people come to him and say, you need to change things. You need to do things this way. And I, he would always listen to people and he would always say, yeah, okay, well, we, we might make those changes. And Sometimes he wouldn't, sometimes he wouldn't, but he never told people that they had dumb ideas. <laughs> and some of those ideas I would hear and I'd say, well, that's a dumb idea. And he'd say, well, Mo, we really need to work all these things out. And so he did. And he never made people feel dumb. He always just said, somebody might know something that I don't. And that it, it, it never really happened. But, you know, he, he had that, that innate part of him who said, you know, maybe somebody else knows something that I don't. And so he really led from that. And never thought that his way was was superb just because he had more experience in the room. But he let what he did and the things that he lived by speak for themselves, right? What, what he was doing was speaking so loud, he didn't really have to say anything. And he taught me that leaders need to be consistent. I mean, that's really what it was about, that consistency. That consistency was, was exactly what I needed in my life. He said, Mo, you've got to become a lifelong learner. If you can be consistent in that, then, you know, and have that, what he called a receptive posture, then that is going to, to make you more of a humble person. And that was tough for me. And the only way I was going to turn knowledge into wisdom was going to be, you know, my ability to recognize when I screwed up and realize the process of those mistakes and what got me there and what I could do differently so I didn't do it again. And furthermore, you know, Kevin really taught me humility about knowing when I didn't know something, man, I hated not knowing something. And he would say, Mo, you got to bring others into the process. And the more that I allowed others into the process, the less mistakes I made. Shocking, right? And uh, all of us have a knowledge gap, but there's stuff that we don't know. And then there's stuff that we don't know that we don't know. <laughs> and so how are you going to know those things in your life unless you have somebody else walking alongside of you? And so my question would be this for this point, what are the areas of your life where you need to seek advice from others, people who are more experienced, people who have done, done it different or better than you? Because that's the importance of coaching, right? I mean, that's what we do here at Rising Tide. When, when you find out what's important to you and we love finding out what's important for people and helping them identify their values, those values start to shape their decisions. But if you don't know <laughs> beneath the surface, then you're going to keep making decisions at a surface level and leaders can't do that. Leaders make, make decisions at a very different level. And if this is the case for you, it's going to continue to affect you and it's going to affect others because of the way that you make decisions. So if our values shape your decisions or our decisions, then my guess is that second point is that values are going to shape others' decisions. That's exactly right. Okay. Your values are going to shape the decisions of other people. And just like Kevin had influence on my life, you're going to have influence on the lives of the people that you lead. And that right there, that responsibility, oh man, 
you have a responsibility to those people because whether they're going to be in your life for a month, a year, five years, 10 years, you and the way that you, uh, uh, your values are are prevalent in your life, it's really going to shape others' decisions. And plain and simple, this is where it, it gets real important for you to make decisions from your values because you need to be able to connect with others in a way that they know what you're thinking so that they can make good decisions both for themselves and for the company. And this is where emotional intelligence really comes into play. And we'll talk again next week and really do a deep dive into this, but we talk about emotional intelligence all the time, right? That self-awareness, that humility, the the, the humility factor that we talk about um, is is key in, in your leadership skills. And these traits are prevalent in leaders from keeping from insulating themselves and and moving away so that other people really don't know what they're doing and really being transparent in, in being in front of people. And this is really where you as a leader learn how to shape just the, the thoughts, actions, and values of other people. Well, you've given us a lot to think about in part one (laughs) of promoting good values. We need to really think this week, you know, what are my values and how do my values shape my decisions? So before we close out this part one, do you have any closing thoughts for us today? I do. And it would just be this uh, moving into your homework as you try to figure out your own values is the more you understand your values, the more you're going to be able to build your culture the way that you want to. And all great leaders should hold values very dear. People should come up to you and say, Amber, what are your values? In fact, I asked you that, right? And and you looked at me like I just hit you on the head with a two by four and you're like, uh, what? <laughs> and that's how we've all done it in, in, in the past because we don't really think about that. You need to have these on the forefront of your mind and know this is why I lead the way that I lead. This is why I live the way that, that, that I live. Because it doesn't matter whether you're an upper level management or lower level management or somewhere in between, you are going to to be able to help people with your values and your value system shape their value system. So I'm really excited for people to go home and do that homework and just write those things down and say, what's really important to me? Well, that brings us to the end of this episode, part one of Promoting Good Values. We look forward to seeing you next week for part two. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next week.